Welcome back to the Mindstream. This is Janet Doucette. The majority of us act without thinking. If we pay close enough attention to our relationships with others, we'll know right away when we've hurt someone emotionally. That is the moment of accepting responsibility. If we do not pay attention to our personal or work relationships, we can easily miss the reaction that we provoked. We may also mistakenly blame our victim for being upset. Many people report working in a supportive environment with strong team efforts and a distribution of acknowledgement for success. Others feel trapped in toxic work conditions, either due to co-worker relationships, destructive leadership, or both. Destructive words or actions serve to demoralize co-workers. If you're on the receiving end of such emotional zingers, you may be tempted to pass it on to others like a hot potato. The workplace is fertile ground for such hot potato situations, and most of us do not consider the development of empathy or compassion to be a useful corporate tool. Yet working in close proximity to others actually provides many opportunities to do so. Supervisors, managers, and directors, as well as executive officers, have occasions to utilize these tools. Whether or not they are skillful is the question. Empathy is at odds with egotism and narcissism. These two orientations only appear to benefit the bottom line. When a corporation lacks empathy and compassion in its leadership and policies, the results are actually a bloated expense line. Absenteeism due to workplace stress increases in medical leave, and poor work performance can be attributed to poorly managed work environments. A failure to develop the skillful means of compassionate regard is a failure to lead. How a manager or supervisor treats their workforce has tremendous impact on their staff's treatment of one another. An authoritarian management style often believes that low morale is due to workers' bad attitudes. Singling out those workers and applying draconian disciplinary measures in order to make an example to the team only serves to further demoralize. The results are nearly always a lowered productivity due to a constant sourness in the workplace. When faced with lower profits, unskillful management teams often cut the biggest line item on the budget, that is, labor force, by either eliminating positions or making team members take a pay cut these non-leaders appear to improve the bottom line. Sadly, they're not able to see that it is always the productivity ratio that has the greatest impact on the bottom line, economic and material costs notwithstanding. Productivity is a direct measure of income achievement per worker. This includes management as well. When accurately analyzed, low productivity points an indicator to ineffective leadership as easily as lowered workforce performance. If productivity is too low, a skillful leader looks to improve morale and inspire their workforce. Empathy and compassionate understanding are the skillful means of a successful leadership. Understanding how to develop these managerial tools is the difference that makes the difference. That terminology is well understood in statistical evaluations while rarely making it into the accounting department's overhead analysis. Our own emotional states are often the guidelines for understanding the emotions of those around us. 
there actually is an area in the brain that helps us differentiate our own emotions from those of others. The right supramarginal gyrus, which is located by the parietal, temporal, and frontal lobes of the brain, allows us to disengage our perception of ourselves from that of other people. When that ability is impaired, empathy quickly disappears. This happens when we're required to make fast decisions or, oddly, when we're feeling positive or just very negative. Notice that in management settings, quick decisions are often made adding complexity to the operations without an appropriate analysis. According to brain research conducted at the Max Planck Institute for Human Cognitive and Brain Science, when a person is in a very positive emotional state, such as feeling particularly successful, they tend to downplay the severity of another person's feelings if they are reporting a negative experience. Interestingly, when a person is in a very negative state of mind, such as being extremely disappointed, they will be unable to relate favorably to someone who's trying to share a positive experience. This anomaly unconsciously influences a great deal of communication between coworkers and management teams, not to mention personal relationships. Generally, these encounters are random and not recognized as possible deterrents to smooth business operations. The research further showed that when people were in a neutral state, or the same emotional state as another person, empathy occurred more fluidly. Imagine for a moment that compassion and empathy were valued in the workplace. The Social Coherence Research Team at HeartMath Institute is pioneering the development of these types of coworker interactions. Coherence is the measure of heart rhythm synchronization with resonant breathing. The degree to which one's breath is synchronized to one's heart rhythm, as measured by heart rate variability biofeedback, reflects a harmonious balance in one's body's systems and processes. But these good vibrations don't just stop at the edges of your skin. There is an electromagnetic field that extends from about three to six feet, maybe even more, from everyone's body. The vibration of their heartbeats create this oscillating field. What happens when a peaceful heart rhythm precedes you into a room of coworkers? Well, first, your own peaceful heart rhythm helps you regulate your own emotional responses more effectively. You're more capable of being present for the interactions that are actually occurring. You are able to notice your reactions internally before acting on them. What would happen if a team practiced a peaceful heart breathing technique before a meeting? That is precisely what the researchers are studying. Social coherence is the measure of a group's ability to remain in synchronized heart rhythms while engaged in a business meeting or activity. The researchers predicted groups that were able to maintain coherent heart rhythm patterns would exhibit improved communication, more kindness and cooperation, fewer mistakes and errors, greater problem-solving skills, and even more accurate decision-making. Sounds like a benefit. How we approach others is important. Casual indifference is a common way in which people react to one another. It does not foster cooperation, nor does it contribute to any group or team goal. We share our lives with others, whether it be family, co-workers, friends, or loved ones. It's important to develop ways to communicate basic caring. I developed a short quiz that helped people understand the basic differences between pity, sympathy, empathy, and compassion. 
We're all a continuum of these traits, some of which we've developed more than others. This quiz helps you decide which skills to expand. In the episode notes, you can click on the link and take the 20 questions quiz. And after you take the quiz, you can test drive your results. If you scored higher in pity and lower in the other attitudes of sympathy, empathy, and compassion, you may wish to work on letting go of your judgments. It's highly likely you're as tough on yourself as you are on others. This prevents you from relating to others effectively. If you scored higher in sympathy and lower in empathy and compassion, you may wish to examine your motivations for wanting to connect more with like-minded people with whom you share common goals and values than others. Developing empathy and compassion skills would help you relate to a greater diversity of people, become a better resource for those like-minded people you're drawn to. If you scored higher in empathy than sympathy or compassion, you may wish to explore how empathizing too much might be a drain on your physical or emotional energies. Empathy is a necessary skill to sustain strong relationships, but too much can tax your reserves leaving you feeling emotionally empty. Your ability to care deeply about others is at risk if this trait is not balanced with self-compassion. Overdoing the skill of empathy leads to anxiety, depression, and burnout. This frequently happens in healthcare and mental health settings in which practitioners literally burn themselves out in adrenal fatigue. Balance is key. If you scored higher in compassion than on the attitudes of sympathy and empathy, you're very likely to be a great source of support for all of your relationships. You can further expand this skill to yourself. In fact, it's necessary that you do so. As with empathy, people who are skilled in compassion run the risk of giving too much. Where do your needs show up on your priority list? Continual self-sacrifice leads to chronic discontent and burnout as well. To be truly compassionate, one must be able to be kind-hearted to oneself. The true nature of compassion and the practice of it is not well understood in our culture. Compassion is usually the least valued workplace skill. It certainly isn't a criterion in one's job review. Consider how difficult our relationships can be, how often we can be triggered by other people's lack of consideration as well as the actions of malintentioned provocateurs. Compassion fosters the authentic ability to hold another person in high regard, even if we don't agree with them. It's one of the most advanced of all human traits. We do not have to love everyone with whom we come into contact. We simply need to be kind. Imagine what could be accomplished if this advanced form of respect was the secret competitive edge in management and leadership. The ability to tap into compassionate regard is not only valuable in developing life contentment, it can be a supremely profitable business skill as well. Compassionate leaders are visionary leaders who command presence rather than demanding power over others. Taking responsibility for our thoughts, moods, and actions is the purpose of compassionate understanding. Sometimes this world appears to be one of struggle and suffering. Sometimes we're overwhelmed by life and don't notice how we're treating others. But putting these skillful means into action means bringing more contentment into your own life and those with whom you share the world. 
I hope this episode on compassionate relationships has intrigued you. For more information and a link to the complete transcript, please review the episode notes below and take the 20-question quiz at the Mindstream Center website. This episode is based on a chapter from my upcoming book, Getting to Gamma, a journey for those who didn't expect to take one. Subscribe at the Mindstream Center to receive notice when it's published, or visit the book portal at janetdusset.com or the Blue Lotus Official on Instagram. Thanks for joining today.